Well, hello. It's good to be with you once again. Pastor Brown from Akron Lions Fellowship. Oh, I hope you've had a wonderful week, an exciting week. Uh, It's been a week for me, basically uh, shut up here at the house, uh, just going through a little thing of sickness with the sore throat and everything. I imagine many of you have experienced it, the uh, sore throat and just the tiredness. But um, thank God for the doctors that he's given and the medicine that he's given, but Thank God that he's still the God who heals and touches our bodies and and help us uh, to just be able to continue to do his work. It's by his grace, his grace and his grace alone. So we just give him thanks and praise. And I hope that you've had your wonderful week and no sickness in your life and everything's going well for you and uh, that you're excited about uh, what God's doing, even in the time that I've been down this week. Uh, boy, the Lord then helped me put together about three messages. And uh, so he's been good. And has been just a time of sitting around and taking uh, medicine and so forth and cough syrup and, 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 and taking naps and resting. But it's been a time of spending time with the Lord also. And I thank him for that. But today we want to continue and we're going to be speaking on the issue of ignoring God's word. Ignoring God. And uh, I know a lot of people can go for weeks without a thought about God. And I'm thankful that for the Christian, every day should be that thought of mind on God. That you're thinking about God and you're talking to the Lord all through the day. But what causes us to come to a place in life where we're ignoring God like if he's not even in the room. And yet he's always present with us if we've truly been born from above. And we just want to talk about that issue. What takes place when we ignore the word of the living God, and we ignore God. So let's pray, and we're going to get started. Father, would you, O Lord, lead us and guide us in our conversation today? Would you, O God, speak to your people? And speak to those, Lord, who may even be for the first time uh, listening. Would you, O God, in some special way, uh, catch their ear, catch their heart, And pour into them a richness of your word. Thank you for what you're going to do. And again, Lord, guide us through this. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a lot of people don't recognize that we do, in a sense, ignore God. And especially Christians. We have to really get in the habit of honoring God's presence and recognizing his presence with us. And we do that the more we can recite the word of God, speak of the things that God has done in our lives, and continue to ask God to lead us and to guide us. Now, for Israel, for Israel, 
one of the things that they had to do as young men, the Israelites had a tradition where each person was required to recite the history of Israel. And you can even see that with Stephen uh, in the book of Acts as he recites from Moses on through. And Stephen was not a Pharisee or a scholar by any way, but yet he gives this long dissertation about the God of Israel. And I want to ask you, if someone was to stop you and say, tell me about your God, what would you say? Could you explain what God has done for you through Jesus Christ? Could you make it very clear to someone what God really meant to you? And how he has dealt with you in your life. And the plans he has for you. Could you somehow articulate that to someone? That God is working in you. And give the history of that. Give the history of God dealing in your life. Or dealing in your family. Uh, somehow we need to recapture that. A couple of weeks ago, I asked people, just give, what is God doing? And they got so dead in the church, just quiet. And we serve a risen Savior. We serve a living God. And every day, we should be able to say something God's doing in our life. Daily. <clears throat> and it's a relationship we have with Him. When you have a relationship with people and they're close and they're living with you, they should be able to share that relationship for that day, uh, for those hours that you spent in that day. Uh, there's that area that you can articulate with people. What mom and dad mean, what the children mean, what good friends may have stopped in and you related and shared with each other. We're able to recite what God is doing in our lives. Now, in Deuteronomy 27, verses 9 and 10, Moses reminded the people of something, but it's like a starting over point here almost too. Uh, they're out of Egypt. But I want you to hear what Moses says. And, and, and I hope we take it sincerely. And we take it to heart. He says in verse 9 in Deuteronomy 27. He says, Then Moses and the priests who are Levites said to all Israel, Be silent, O Israel, and listen. And listen. We ignore God so much that anymore, even among Christians, we don't listen very well to the Word of God or to the Holy Spirit ministering to us. But Moses and the priests here, they directed the people to be silent. And let me share something with you. 
it's hard to listen while you're speaking. And sometimes you do have to be silent in order to really listen. And even after prayer time with the Lord, it's good to give a minute or two of silence and just wait and hear what he might have to say. And he says, O Israel, listen, you have now become, <coughs> you have now become the people of the Lord. You have now become the people of the Lord. It's a reminder of who they are. And there have been those, I imagine, that have been born from the time they left Egypt through the Red Sea and what's going on at this time that Moses reiterates it. You have become the people of the Lord. And then when you get into verse 10, listen to what the very first word, obey. How hard is it to obey? Oh, it's difficult. I don't want to make this something that is real light. Because we war and we fight against the flesh. And we have that arch enemy that is helping uh, to detour us or to bring us to a place where we won't hear the Lord and we do consider his word as something that is not highly important when it really is. And he says, obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. When you ignore God, your goal is not to obey him. And God has always given us warning, and we're going to look at that some. <clears throat> the warnings that come from God. And yet, when we ignore God, there's also a consequences. There's that consequences that are going to come and take place. You can call it punishment, you can call it whatever you desire, but... When we ignore God, there's a consequences to it. And he says, Obey the Lord your God and follow his commandments and decrees that I give you today. But you need to recognize something. He says, You are God's people. And why would God's people ignore him? People ignore God's word. And why is that? Why is it we won't take God's word seriously? God's word can be helpful, and I want you to recognize this. It can be very, very helpful in life. It can be very, very meaningful to us. It can enrich our lives. It can transform our lives if we will hear God's word and we'll hear God. <clears throat> I also want you to know it can be very dangerous when you don't take heed to God's word when you won't listen whether it be the believer or the unbeliever God warns 
And when you don't listen, then that's what we're going to be looking at some. And the reasons why we don't listen. And there are reasons why we don't listen. Just like it is reasons that young men and women today don't listen to their parents or listen to those in authority. There are those reasons that we cut off and we don't hear what is being said to us because somehow we don't listen. And we have to come to that place where we're willing to listen. And it's vital. And it's for our good that we learn to listen. We, we must learn to do that. To listen to the Lord. Now, in doing it, it's helpful to us. God is always trying to help us, encourage us, build us up. God is ministering to us. He's not trying to tear us down. He's not trying to destroy us. He's not trying to uh, take away life from us. He wants us to live life to the fullest in the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <clears throat> but I want you to just stay with me here with this area of what happens when we ignore God's word, whether it be a Christian or a non-believer. There are consequences in ignoring God's word. Would you go with me to Exodus chapter 8? And yes, we're going to deal with Pharaoh there just a little bit. <clears throat> a lot of people get stuck on that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, no, not at first. Pharaoh failed to listen, and Pharaoh would not listen. To the things of the Lord. And he's the one who brought about his own consequences because he would not listen. His own plagues and his own disaster. He brought it around himself, upon himself. Now, in Exodus chapter 8, 28 through 32, it says, Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God in the desert. But you must not go very far. Now pray for me. Now Pharaoh's asking Moses to pray, but he's also saying to Moses, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. And, and this is, boy, a number of times that God has already afflicted Pharaoh and Egypt with different plagues and so forth. And what Pharaoh was after was this, is that God would relieve them of the plagues that he was putting upon them at this time. So what he says, really, to Moses in that 28, I will let you go. Because when you look up in 24, and the Lord did this, 
dense swarms of flies poured on Pharaoh's palace and into the houses of his officials. Throughout Egypt, the land was ruined by the flies. Now, <clears throat> Pharaoh was just seeking release. I want to share something with you. For many of us, we seek relief from our present pain or suffering or whatever we're going through. But we don't listen to what God is directing us to do. And if we make these deals with God in a sense, we need to be very much aware. God already knows our hearts. He knows our hearts. He knew Pharaoh's heart. So he goes on and he says, that Pharaoh said, I will let you go to offer sacrifice to the Lord your God in the desert, but you must not go very far. Now I, now pray for me. That's what Pharaoh's after, relief. And Moses answered, as soon as I leave you, I will pray to the Lord and tomorrow the flies will leave. And Pharaoh and his officials and his people only be sure that Pharaoh does not act deceitfully again by not letting the people go to offer sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 30, Then Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord, and the Lord did what Moses asked. The flies left Pharaoh and his officials and his people. Not a fly remained. But this time also Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. Catch that. Pharaoh hardened his heart. The Lord was putting these plagues, which would be like a warning, if you don't perform, if you don't do what I asked you to do, each step was getting worse and worse and worse. And Pharaoh would not take heed to the warnings. And there's Christians today and many other people that don't take heed to the warnings. They're going to do what they want to do, and they harden their hearts. Go back over to chapter 8 and verse 15 with me, and look what it says. But when Pharaoh saw that there were relief, that there was relief, he hardened his heart. When Pharaoh saw that there was release, he hardened his heart. Now, when you go over to 9.12, and here comes the danger over in verse 12 of chapter 9. And he says, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh was hardening his own heart against the word of God and what God was requiring of him. Pharaoh was hardening his own heart at first and being disobedient to God. 
But then in 9, <clears throat> 12, boy, he makes it very clear. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said to Moses. <coughs> Excuse me. Pharaoh would not listen. He hardened his heart. It's not that God didn't warn him. Not that God didn't share with him what could happen. Pharaoh, for a number of times, hardened his own heart. And God, who knows our heart. And here comes the danger in ignoring God's word, ignoring the request of God, that God did hardens your heart. Over in Romans 1, he says it turns you over to a reprobate mind to do whatever you want to do. At some point, God says, it's enough. And I don't know what that point is. But God does says, it's enough. And when we ignore God's warnings, and we ignore, we ignore God's word, we're the one who put ourselves in danger. We're the one who hurt ourselves, destroy ourselves, because we will not listen. We ignore him and the warnings that he's given to us. Go to Genesis chapter 19. And some of you are saying, boy, that, that there's Sodom. Yes, and that's, and that's dealing with Lot. And well, I want you to see again, there's this area of warning, but I want you to also see the hardness of the hearts of people. Don't allow your heart to become hard towards God. Or practice ignoring God's word. And a lot of us don't know we practice that. And Satan puts us on that path. That we are the ones who will not listen or hear what God is saying. And in chapter 19 and verse 4. It simply says. <coughs> excuse me. Says before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went out to the men to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you. And you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men. For they have come under the protection of my roof. Now, would you see a little bit of the attitude here see and yet the warning we also see 
in verse 7 here when he says when Lot tells them know my friends and said know my friends don't do this wicked thing there's the warning don't do this don't do this wicked thing when you get in verse 9 you see the attitude of the people get out of our way they did not see the wickedness in this and a lot of us sometimes ignoring God's word or ignoring righteousness ignoring the things that we know are wrong to do we put ourselves in danger and we tell everybody get out of our way because we're determined to do it they replied and they said this fellow came here as an alien and now he wants to play the judge that lot now would play the judge over them and they this is not where lot uh, basically come from lot is someone totally different Lot is supposed to be with Abraham, but he's the one who chose where he's at at this time. Now, what we have to see <coughs> is that Lot tried to warn them, don't do this thing. Their reply is, get out of our way. There's that strong desire. There's that thing to do what you want to do. And you'll push everybody else out of your way in order to do what you desire to do. And he says, we'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved towards to break down the door. But the men inside, the two angels here, reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so that they could not find the door. And the two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, son-in-laws, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here. Because we are going to destroy this place. We're going to destroy this place. Now, let me share something with you here. When you find sin, one sin in a person's life, who is ignoring God and not listening to God, you're going to find multiple sins you're going to find a number of sins in their life, not just one. So don't get caught up with just the one. And sometimes what we do, we get caught up with just the one. And Ezekiel allows us to recognize it was more than just the sexual sins of Sodom and even the others. But we need to understand when we begin to ignore God's warnings and we're doing what we desire to do there's going to be more than just one sin 
that we're dealing with. But would you also see God's mercy? Look in verse 15 and 16. It says, With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife, your two daughters, who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his daughters and led them safely out of the city. There's the mercy of God. And and God will show his mercy to us. But Lot, along with even the city, was being warned. And Lot was not leaving very quickly. And yet was told to leave. And we see God's mercy. Now, it's easy to say that Sodom was destroyed because of their sexual sins. But let me share something with you. When you see outward sins, there's also other sins that have to be dealt with. The point that sex is the only outward appearance that oftentimes we govern Sodom and Gomorrah is the homosexual sins, the gay lifestyle sin, but there's other sins that are also very prevalent in those individuals' lives. And the one strong sin that really takes place that we're going to talk about a little bit is pride. Is pride. Pride takes advantage of other people for self-indulgence and self-pleasure. Pride takes advantage of other people. And when you look at Ezekiel 16.49, you see a list of other sins that are also involved with Sodom. And we need to be aware of that. That when people ignore God, most likely there's going to be a number of sins that is taking place in their life. <clears throat> now go to Proverbs chapter 6 and we're not going to get to too much of this today. <clears throat> but once you go to Proverbs <coughs> excuse me chapter 6 and verse 16 we're going to start with verse 16 here. It says there are six things that the Lord hate even seven When pride takes place, I think you'll find all of these sins that are listed here involved in that individual's life. He says in verse 17, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes. Eyes that in a sense says, I'm number one. I'm the important one here in the room. 
Everybody else is inferior to me. I'm the one that counts. I'm the one that's better than everybody else. That's the hearty eyes. That's the person who's thinking more of themselves than they ought. And he says, haughty eyes. Then secondly, he says, a lying tongue. Pride will cause us to lie because in the lie we embellish ourselves. We make something bigger than what it is. Uh, we try to make ourselves look good through a lie. Uh, we're protecting ourselves through a lie. And pride will bring us to a point of lying. Then he says, Boy, hands that shed innocent blood. Uh, we hurt other people. And some would just bring this down to murder. And the person can't stop themselves. They are thinking wrongly about themselves. That they are something when they are really nothing. And he uses that area again where he said, their hands that shed innocent blood. And he moves on, he says, a heart that devises wicked schemes. They just sit and plan. That's again why you will most likely recognize or see more than one thing taking place in that person's life. And he says, boy, feet that are quick to rush into evil. And, and people who fall into this entrapment of pride that I don't need to hear from God. I know it all. I know what I want out of life. I know what I want to build. I know what I want to do with my life. And really they don't. He says, boy, their feet are quick to rush into evil. And you'll see it, and you'll see the devising of wicked schemes that causes them to rush into those things that are evil, that are totally against what God would have in our lives. And you can see those things in, in the lives of people. They're always trying to plan to beat the system. And you'll hear it rather than obey the law of the land. They're out to beat the system, beat the law. <coughs> <coughs> They're out to do that. Then he says in that verse 10, a false witness who pours out lies, a false witness. He has to tear down other individuals in order to be lifted up. For him to be seen as something, he has to tear down others. And he says, a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Some people as they say, play both sides of the fence. He's telling Harry what Joe said, then he's telling Joe what Harry said. 
and he's causing dissension between two others. He's not the peacemaker, he's the troublemaker. And he said, boy, you'll see that. We are God's people. We need to remind ourselves of that, that we are God's people. And what he demands of us is this, is to obey him, to listen to him, and to do what he's asking us to do. But pride will so often get in our way because we want to do our thing and we want to do it our way. And we think we know more than what God knows. Let me share something here with you in closing. Pride is a destruction to all of us. It destroys our families because as a man I'm just going to do what I want to do. It's my money. It's not the family money. It's not for the purpose of the family. It's my money to please me and to help me to be able to find pleasure in this life and to enjoy the things I want to enjoy while family is suffering. Pride will tear up a relationship between a husband and a wife. It will tear up a relationship between the children and a father. It will tear up a relationship between friends and co-workers. Pride looks out for one person, and that's me. The person who is full of pride, only desire to do what he wants or she wants to do while taking away from others, hurting others, destroying others. And pride strengthens your desires to do, to be disobedient towards God and not to honor him or to hear him. Pride is one of those number one things that calls us to ignore God. And if you would look in Ezekiel, you would also find where Satan fell. And it was because of pride. It was because of pride that Lucifer fell from his position. He knew he could not be God, but he said, I would be like God. That's his desire, to be like God. And our desires, or our pride, that feeds our desires, will cause us to destroy ourselves. We'll pick back up next week and we'll go a little bit further into this because ignoring God can be very dangerous. When you choose to ignore his word, when you choose not to listen, when you choose not to be obedient, 
You just can't push God off without some kind of consequences. Because at some point, God will say, it's enough. It's enough. I pray that you would really see the Lord's face in this. And there's much more to look at. But look at Pharaoh. It wasn't God hardening his heart at first. It was Pharaoh hardening his heart. Even with the people in Sodom. Lot said, don't do this evil thing. Don't do this evil thing. There's the warning. But yet, they said, this is what we're going to do. Pride will not humble itself. It has to be humbled or destroyed. That's one of the things, and we're going to look at others, that causes us to ignore the Word of God. Well, I pray that you would have a wonderful week. I pray that God will keep you. I do covet your prayers, that you would continue to pray that God would touch this weak body and strengthen it for his glory and continue to use it. But until we meet again, may God bless you and may God keep you. Father, thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to articulate it. Help us, O God, to understand that you've given it unto us that we might be enriched in this life and that we might walk worthy of the calling of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Help us not to ignore thee. Help us, Lord, to constantly recognize thee and know thy presence with us. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. Bye.